notes so I don't have to do it. I'm later. I'm finishing up reading the books that we're gonna review this week. No, no. Almost I... done. Hey everybody, I... welcome to the pre-show. Just me and Taylor again. As mm. Taylor put it, the worst kind of show. Mm. It's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, the show's just going to be dripping with our open contempt for one another, you know? Well, I don't try to open it, you know? I try to keep it in check. I try to make sure that... Not I mean, I try too, but there's only so much you can do when you're talking about fire. this much contempt. I know. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's up with Adam. Let's talk about that for a second, damn it. I don't know. I just wish he'd drop us a message letting us know. Yeah, just let us know how are things, how are trips. Maybe he's working or something, you know? Beats me. That shouldn't be an excuse. You gotta have some priorities. Yeah, I mean, what the fuck are you doing working? What the fuck are you doing working at a time like this? Uh, It was an okay week for comics. We'll do segment one, talk about what we did this week. I got a lot of news, some substack, some lawsuits. a lot of Substack. The Dinosaur Justice League thing? Yeah, it's a shame David's not here for that one. Oh, fuck him. Actually, no, we would never get through it. We would never David shut up here about it. We got yeah. more Judgment Day. He'd be giving us all, like, the, you yeah. know, like, the, the nitty-gritty stuff. Oh, the Allosaurus. The yeah. Ner- Nerdosaurus. Uh, what else? Book of Boba Fett? Oh, you mean Mandalorian? Yeah, Mandalorian Season 2.5. Yeah. I mean, I'm entertained. We'll talk about no, it. No, I mean, I like it. Yeah, we'll talk about There's it. There's problems. There's definitely a problem. And they had to have known that they were going to have this problem. Uh, we'll mention that. Uh, what else? Ruffles. Ruffles are the food news this week. And, again, moment of fucking destruction. I got my, I got my damn Grimlock already. King Grimlock wrapped up this week. The best damn Transformers comic we've had in forever. Uh, and then top three. Anything else you want to add? Man, it was a lot of cool comics this week. Nah, I don't need to add anything. I think we're going to expand on the top three by talking about a bunch of books that I'm pretty sure you read, but what? Well, maybe a few honorable mentions or something. I, don't know. I got a lot of honorable mentions for sure. Mm. Uh, all right. Yeah. Nothing else. Kind of a shitty week, slow week, but some good comics. All right. Let's just do the damn thing. Mm-hmm. I don't even know which intro I picked. God damn it, Leroy! Oh, yeah. This is the I feel like you should save that one for when the bullies are on. I know. I, I should have dropped him the link in, in the message. I always forget to do it until I'm doing the show, and then it's like, I don't know. I just... You fool. No. I have to question myself. They're always busy anyway. They got lives. Yep, sure. It's another episode of this Geek and Comics Hour, Ricky Geek comic book shit talk show. Shit talk show. This is Gomer and Taylor. We're going to change it to Gomer and Taylor show. Yeah, might as well at this point. No shit. Uh, what's going on, bro? Anything? Anything? Nothing? Eh, not really. I did go see that 355 movie this week. What is that? It's that movie about uh, spies. Like the big thing is supposed to be like it's an all female spy team. Oh, it's got like Jess, Jessica Chastain and uh, oh, she's cool. She's it, it was okay. Like it was some pretty solid fight scenes. Um, the it had that thing where like the twist that you get in the movie was <laughs> really easy to see coming. Oh yeah. Well, that's. I mean, that's. that's not but terrible. you know, if that's not a deal breaker for you, it's a pretty solid watch for sure. Uh, I watched Pam and Tommy first three episodes. Fantastic. Uh, oh yeah, fine. well, big. Both of us have a uh, Sebastian Stan in our uh, yeah opening here. Uh, so it chronicles the marriage of Pamela Anderson and uh, Tanya Lee. Uh, Lily James, yeah, is awesome. Sebastian Stan is amazing in it. But when their sex tape was made public, and I mean, it's salacious, of course. You know, it feels like a tabloid sort of. You know, like you don't really. It feels like you almost shouldn't be watching it. You know. Because it's their personal shit, but that's what it's about, you know, how their personal yeah, shit isn't it like the, the came out? The main drama here, right, is like the the human element to that 
rather scandalous episode from the early Yeah, minutes. but I mean, there's a bunch of other little stuff going on, like workers' rights. Like, the reason the dude went and stole the sex tape is because Tommy Lee gypped him on, like, a bill for a job, a carpentry job, right? And then it's, like, equal rights. Pamela's, like, fighting for rights on the set of, of Baywatch. That's kind of in the background, but there's also, like, this hypocrisy of fame sort of thing where, like, they didn't make money off this but they ended up like getting more famous because of this you know what i mean yeah um, they, i mean the reason this became a thing was because of the internet and that's another angle to it you know like this pop culture internet newness right because they didn't have any other way to distribute this because it was you know it wasn't there they didn't have permission to put out a sex tape of these famous people but like like famous people right feed off of the paparazzi Right. But then there's like this thing, this this shade over it, this veil where they're supposed to be like butting heads with the paparazzi, you know, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure they has hell. They didn't want a sex tape out. I mean, yeah, I mean, advantage, it'll so. be different for like different celebrities, I'm sure. But yeah, I'm sure that there are some celebrities who fully take advantage of the paparazzi. And I'm sure there are some who legitimately despise and like it goes, probably goes back and forth, you know, depending on the day, on the day of the week. Uh, so, yeah, but it's a great show. It's only three episodes in, but it's really good. It's fun. Uh, let's do news. All right, some important stuff first and then fun stuff. Uh, comic creators are filing a lawsuit saying that the uh, comic book publisher Action Lab Entertainment that their contracts should be uh, null and void. Um, 40 content creators have signed on to a proposed class action in which they allege beleaguered comic book publisher Action Lab Entertainment has fallen short of satisfying a list of contractual obligations. Uh, basically, this boils down to the publisher shutdown, uh, didn't communicate with the creators, didn't release books on time or at all, uh, and they didn't promote books, all things that the publisher was uh, obligated to do. There was another angle here that they're suing for that I think is a little bit more interesting. I mean, the other one is basically straight up, hey, no contract. You know, you violated the contract. A judge can and lawyers can easily, you know, work all that shit out. But this one, I think, is more impactful for the entire industry. Um, convention sales never appear on records and there's no way for a creator to see what, if any of their books were taken to a convention, which were sold, what was paid for them, et cetera, et cetera. Now that sounds like another contract thing to me. You know what I mean? Like you would have that I mean, in yeah, your contract. I feel like there's no need for that to be like below board. I mean, I feel like it could be just part of the expected, you know, negotiations, you know? But they, they called that out specifically, and I dug into it a little bit, and it turns out that, yeah, a lot of these, you know, work for higher publishers, which is, you know, most of the publishers. If you do, like, a Red Sonia, for example, they can slap whatever cover they want on that. They own that. They can print as many as they want, and they can go to the – we see them on, on Diamond every – Monday night when we do yeah, the it's like show, uh, 50 bucks. It's like nine tenths of what they're putting out in a given week. So is the creator not getting uh, points off that, for lack of a better word? No idea. I mean, that sucks. That sucks. Uh, but yeah, that'll be interesting to see moving forward. You know what's up with um, Action Lab. So there you go. I think Taylor might have dropped out. Oh, no, I'm still here. It's just I don't have much to contribute because I never heard of Action Lab before. Oh, yeah, they don't do much. All right, there is a book about based on an animated show where the girl is like Ladybug. She's like in red with. Oh, yeah. I think I know they what you're published about. that, and that was very popular. But most of their popular shit was like. Uh, like a like Vamp Blade, things like that, you know, like cheesecake kind of stuff cartoony gotcha. cheesecake. uh all right yeah moving on Substack uh is all up in the news again we got a bunch of shit okay there are brand new Substacks and news about Substacks that we've already known about okay grant morrison now has a Substack. brian k vaughn and nico hendrickson now have a Substack. jen bartell tom king and elsa chartier uh have a, a Substack. Uh, also, Carrie Randolph and Joanne Starer and Manga Splaining 
I don't know if you've ever heard of Mangasplaining. It's a pretty cool podcast that does exactly what it is. Uh, so yeah, the three worlds, three moons, you know, put out a book or put out some content. I got more on them in a little bit. Chip Zdarsky, um, put the first issue of public domain up for free to read on Substack. So go hmm. check that out. It's pretty appropriate. I'd uh, say. James Tiny is doing the same thing. He's got a little teaser up there for his next thing. Uh, Jeff Lemire's doing tales from the farm. Kelly Thompson has a new book called the black cloak, which is coming. Gandhi Cates and Ryan Stegman released the first chapter of Vanish and Vanish the Golden War uh, was announced uh, in the telling, which is Molly Knox Ostertag's uh, thing. Um, she got some cutscenes uh, from Girl from the Sea. Some uh, pages from that. I mean, All it right. goes on so, and on. Yeah, dude. it sounds like we're uh, really starting to hit the rollout. And yeah, I mean, also exactly. sounds like they're uh, putting in a bunch of big names still. Like, oh, dude. Yeah, they're adding huge names. I mean, between Hickman and Grant Morrison and Brian K. Vaughn, you're listing some of the like the who's who, right? Yeah. Of like these the so-called elite writers, you know? It's it's wild, dude, to think that that I don't know. There's a, a it's all you know industry angles. Sure, they're, sure. They're making more money. Good for them. I'm happy yeah. with them. But this is taking away from what would otherwise be traditional big two or even you know image or some other in, you know other publisher but i mean it feels yeah. like it's sort of taken away but I, I i don't know how much of the pie is Substack taking it feels like the, I, I obviously these creators feel like they're you know make getting a bigger you know nut over there so. well at least they assume they will that right yeah. now we're in the the phase of this where we see if this is going to be sustainable for them right yeah like now that the content is coming out we will see if they will be getting enough subscriptions for them to devote their attention to this more and more. It's a lot wild. of them are going all in on it. Well, I was going to say uh, Tiny and was, but that's not true. He got he's going to be doing that uh, Sandman stuff for DC after all. Exactly, and he but, still had some other you know work at at some other publishers. And this we think probably had a lot to do with Hickman stepping down from being so active in the X books, but mm -hmm. he isn't ruling out continuing to work for Marvel and DC either. So. There's people who are like, seems like they're going to be doing this primarily and other people who are sort of using it as a side hustle. So we're going to have to see how this shakes out, right? I, I just mean, you're right. You know, there's, there's, we just have to wait and see what the content's going to be good. I mean, that's really? the, that's smart of them to put out those first things for free, right? Because that's probably the biggest challenge they face if you put out a book for Marvel or for DC, you have an audience that is already going to be at least looking in your direction, right? right. With right. Substack, with these things that are, you know, creator owned, not part of an established universe, a lot of the, you know, hardcore comic fans might be like, oh, well, Hickman's doing a book. I'll check that out. But you don't have nearly as much of an already established bankable reader base for it's the stuff. It's going to be diehard. To get somebody to yeah. pay eight bucks a month. So it does make sense to put out, you know, the first taste being free here so that sure. you might be able to get the people to be like, oh, well, I want to read more of this. You know, there's, there's other problems with the schedule with Marvel and DC. You know, you're getting a book every week yeah, or every yeah. month, you know, and that that's it. That's your money. If you're paying seven or eight dollars and you get a book and the extra content that they're giving, just basically a a. a subscription blog where they're giving you, you know, inside baseball and industry insight, you know, behind the scenes shit. That's worth it. But they're not doing that. They're not putting out a book a month. That's so. true. I mean, but actually that's something of a worrisome thought about this. The, I think the biggest thing that a lot of these writers might be missing in Substack <laughs> is an editor. Right. Oh, well, Hickman just hired an editor. I'm sure they do, but like, you know, that's work you have to do yourself. You know, oh, that's more sure, money out sure. of your pocket in order to get the book on time. Or you just go without an editor, which you edit, your you know, shit and good. Yeah. yeah if you're having to do that yourself, that's a real time sink and a real hassle, you know? Mm. Oh, yeah. You're just adding on to the costs, you know, of creating yeah. a comic and so, is it really worth it. Yes. With the that, Substack grants, the shit that they gave people up front, I guarantee you it's worth it. But that's probably true. Right. But for I mean, not all of the people on this list. That I guess the question is, is it sustainable? Yes, and we are in the proving time for that right now. The if next they, few months are going to show us one way or the other, I'm sure. Yeah. If I can, if I see a book 
right, that I'm going to end up paying four bucks plus tax for anyway at the shop, you know, when I go to the comic shop or digitally for that matter. And the subscription is only seven or eight dollars. And these Substacks, you know, publisher, these Substack creators start giving me a book once a month, maybe two books a fucking month in some cases. Well, if we're looking at this in cold, it is. Yeah. It's like, that's true for a lot of these subscription things, right? Like if you're going to use it enough to justify it, yeah, that's great. Like if you want to get like a, um, a move like a subscription to like AMC or like Regal or something, you got to think, okay, am I going to see like two movies a month? Yes. Or, or, like, or in this, in this environment of movies, are there going to be enough movies for me to see that I give a shit about? It's a question. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially but, during the winter, right? When they're not really rolling out the blockbusters. Right. Yeah. Well, they don't have that problem in comics. So that's a good point in their favor, but the question still exactly. stands. If you're looking at this in cold, merciless dollars, Paying like seven or eight bucks a month is the equivalent of paying for two issues a month. Are you going to get two issues a month? Or are you going to get one issue maybe a month, maybe one issue every two months? But is the behind the scenes, is the extra content that these – like Stegman and Kate's have like a live stream every week, members only. Is that cool? That's you know nice, I mean? but I don't know that that justifies me paying more in my mind. Like, yeah. that's it's, neat, almost but it seems like a fan club sort of. Yeah, thing. and, and, and you know, I hey. hate the idea that I've got to join your fucking fan club to read your comic. I kind of hate that. And, I don't know. You know, for a lot of people watching them like draw the pages or like go through like the process, that could be pretty cool. But sure. it's not something that I would be willing to pay for. Me. Yeah, it yeah. Uh, we did get this from Jen Bartel, so that's nice. Teasing that's a cool that. cover. Teasing that. Hopefully that leads to some, like a new series, like a new Jen Bar, our new, you know, Black Canary series. That'd be rad. Yeah. Uh, I doubt it though. The way they do these, it's probably for music appreciation week or some shit. I'm sure it is. It, uh, like maybe for women's month or something. I don't know. Right. Uh, David Pepos, big news. Savage Avengers is continuing, not renumbering. It does get an all new, all different stamp. Uh, but issue number 11 has a new creative team, the biggest, baddest, most dangerous team of Avengers Returns, Savage Avengers. No, I guess it is getting renumbered, number one. My bad. I feel like they left off Conan with like a pretty conclusive place in that last uh, Savage Avengers issue. Yeah, I thought, though, so I thought so, so too. So I wonder if having Conan around has been played out at this point. That's my big concern uh, here. Oh, I don't know about that. Uh I mean, it's tough to compare to, you know, Gary Duggan doing this book, you know, because he had he knew how to have sure. fun with these characters. He knew where to place them. Uh, he knew how far to go and how, you know what I mean, with the silliness that he added to it. But there was also this serious take. He had a really good balance to it and never crossed any lines. Um, all right. So it's going to be Daredevil Electra. Sorry, that is a spoiler. Fuck you guys. Uh, I think we pretty much knew she was always going to be Daredevil and not go back, you know, after this event. But still, uh, Anti-Venom, who is still Flash, as far as I know. I don't know if you read Kate's Venom run, but Flash became Anti-Venom. Whatever. Black Knight. Oh, uh, no, I completely missed that. I was actually about to ask you who's the yeah. new Anti-Venom. I, I, no, think... I think it's still Flash. I'm okay. Sure it's still Flash. It was Eddie for a while, but he's obviously not Anti-Venom anymore. So yeah, You can actually see him better here. Uh, Black Knight, who's always a blast, you know, when he's written right. Uh, yeah. Cloak, and where Cloak goes, Dagger always follows. Uh, and then Weapon H, the most underrated character in the Marvel Universe right now, hands down. Uh, he's underused. People think he's a fucking joke. The Greg Pak created him. He was, like, the Hulk guy at Marvel. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those, like, ideas that, like, okay, so you gave uh, Hulk Wolverine's claws. That does sound like a hokey premise. He's fun, dude. He's fun. I'm sure, I'm sure. But. So they're going to fight their way through the Hyborian Age with an evil Deathlock hot on their trail. So it feels like it's some maybe multiversal jumping around, stuff like that. Uh, but it is David Pepos and Carlos Magno. This is uh, David Pepos's, uh first Marvel book. I'm pretty sure you were in on the uh, Geeks of the Square table where you guys spoke to this guy. No, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, did a book called going to the chapel, which was a whole lot of fun. He did a book called scouts honor, which was terrific. Uh, and all the best of luck to him. I actually spoke to him on another show that I used to be, be on. That's uh, no longer a thing, but uh, I mean, it's really cool to see almost in real time, these comic book creators like come up, you know, and get their chance. And 
yeah, all best of luck to him. I'll definitely be uh, checking that out. It looks like a fun book, at least for an issue or two. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> yeah, worth checking out, I suppose. Uh, Justice League is getting all kinds of fun. Six issue limited, uh, the Justice League as dinosaurs. All right, so this is one of those like a second grader pitched an idea for a comic book type yeah, of thing. Yeah, like Marvel apes, just yeah, League, you know, apes. So the question is, there's no question that this is going to be stupid and bad. But uh, will it be fun, stupid, and bad? Exactly. Or will it be actually bad, stupid, and bad? I think it's going to be good, stupid, bad. I uh, hope so. Daniel Warren Johnson is writing it. Juan well, Gideon, that's always already off to a great start there, right? Right. Uh, a 1 in 25 Mega Luster Dino Skin variant cover by Walt Simonson. I think this might be it. Isn't that Walt, Walt Simonson's work, right? Uh, it looks like no, it that's could be, Gideon's. Yeah. That's Gideon's. That's Gideon's work. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they've released that cover yet. Because that's a Danny Warren Johnson cover. Yeah. It's unmistakable. Uh, but yeah, this is going to be a shit ton of fun. That Look at that. That looks that rad, That is some dude. cool art, that for sure. Rad. I don't give a shit how dumb this sounds, how stupid Saturday morning cartoonish in the 80s it feels. Uh, this is going to be dope. Uh, okay, so yeah, this does look like initially it should be fun, stupid bad. Yeah. Uh, they're still doing that uh, a little kid show where the Justice League are cars. For oh, Lord. Year. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. So there you go. Justice League or the Jurassic League. Uh, that drops in May. Yeah. January, April, May. Yeah. See, this is where David would be talking our ear off about how, like, oh, actually, that one's from the Cretaceous period. and like, Yeah, oh. that's actually not Jurassic at all. So... Ugh. I don't think I'm going to be able to pick this up, guys. I'm just going to be mad. That's your David. I wish he was here so I could say this to him. Because uh, well, you're right. I mean, he would be saying that. It's That's a good thing he's not because, period. you know, having listened to your uncanny <laughs> David impression there, yeah, I want right. to be able to tell who's talking, right? Uh, Which one's I, the real David? One more thing before Boba Fett. Uh, we did get word, finally, uh, Judgment Day. Yes, it's proper spelling is with or without the E, the first E. Yeah, apparently Kieran Gillen had to uh, clarify that. But Oh, that's what was like, and he had another tweet. He was like, I can't believe this is what y'all are talking about. I'm getting the three biggest teams in in Marvel history together, and this is what y'all are talking about, the E in the title. Well, two uh, out of the three biggest teams in Marvel history, but I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I, I think it could be fun. I mean, I'm enjoying I'm his excited. Eternals run. Um, th this could be cool, yeah. Dude, um, the Eternals... Are, are there okay yeah they're gonna be there i get it they're cool the way they're bringing them into this by and i'm sure this is just by chance the avengers living in a celestial you know i'm sure it wasn't their plan to eventually say all oh, the eternals are gonna hate that or aaron would be writing this i mean it's an idea it's a natural way to bring them in for sure what i don't understand yeah. yet is what the x-men have to do with it although we saw that thing we right do. where like yeah. they're actually like or at least in the eternals eyes a deviant species yeah well and again there was this and i guess i should have gotten those screenshots man there is like a what if something what if i don't remember but it had a backup story that was lost tales of the marvel universe so it is canon where the celestials did all their shit and they even mentioned like a mutant gene they mention it in there right so they're kind of using yeah. that as as fuel for this but uh, i don't think they've used a gimmick where it's three teams facing off like this so. Ooh, you're right it's i mean the new hero v hero like every teams. like five years or so so <laughs> i don't know uh. it, <laughs> These can That's these funny. types of events can sometimes be a lot of fun. Like I enjoyed yeah. Avengers versus X Men back in the day. Oh God, was that like ten years ago now? Civil War, Civil War Two. Civil War was good. Rain. Civil War Two was a good example of fucking yeah. garbage. So, X Men versus Inhumans was okay. It had its moments, at least. Uh, I really well, like the Inhumans, at least the comic book version. But they are never coming back. They're done. They're over. They're finished. Mm. Dan Slott's not going to bring them back. And the only way they would ever be cool again is if they started out the way they came in well i mean they're Four. pushing the inhumans back when they were thinking that they'd have that inhumans tv show going oh, and now yeah now they're pushing eternals because the eternals just had a movie and they're going to yeah. probably make more mm -hmm. but that being said this could be good and kieran gillen is a great writer so exactly we're exactly. off to a good start in that yeah. regard who's who's your money on in the early 
Um, I got mine on the X Men, dude. The X Men are pretty jacked. I mean, if we're talking about like all of the mutants, like a whole nation worth, including several Omega levels, yeah, that's pretty good. And like, just looking at the ones Storm. on the cover here, they, they got, got Storm. They got Storm and Magneto and Jean Grey, so they already yeah. got a pretty stacked lineup. Um, the Avengers but got I mean, Thor and uh, Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel and dude. Phoenix. Yeah, they. Ha you're right. They do have a fucking Phoenix. But let me say, I think it would be a fun writing, you know, just a fun moment in the book. Where if the Phoenix Echo runs up to Jean Grey and Jean Grey just laughs in her fucking face, sucks the Phoenix Force out of her and like sends it away. There's you no way mean? they just like dude. No, they would like that. Well, but... no, she could get it back later. I but, guess. You know, I'm but... Jean Grey and the Phoenix says what I say. You know, or some shit. That like could that. be interesting. That but... would be so fun, dude. In terms of raw power, I guess they're pretty balanced in that regard. Yeah, I don't I mean, know enough about the Eternals to know if like enough of them. I don't know if Icarus can go toe to toe with Thor. You know, I don't know if he's that level. And definitely not Thor and Captain Marvel. Oh, they got a Star Brand too, bro. Oh yeah, I forgot about Star Brand. Arguably the strongest member here. Yeah, yeah, the uh, strongest being here. Yeah, yeah I mean that's a well, pretty there's stacked a celestial in the picture. So that's a pretty stacked that. Avengers lineup when Thor and Captain Marvel are both definitely not the strongest members on the team. <laughs> yeah, right. You know. Right. Uh. So yeah, I love how it's A X E. So it's Axe. Big fan of that. That's a good way to do it. Big fan of that. Uh, this is the free comic book day cover. Obviously, they're going to do a free comic book day. And just FYI, this will cost you money, even though it's free comic book day. This is a one and 1,000 Peach Momoko variant cover. Uh, this might be the most sought after, you know, spec market uh, cover of the year. Uh, Peach Momoko sells high no matter what sh she's yeah. working on, interior or cover. And, uh, yeah, this is going to be highly, highly sought after. I would not be surprised if DC comes back with something for their free comic book day where there's a big, you know, sort of variant by somebody. I mean, that is a gorgeous cover to be oh, sure. Oh, it's so rad. So rad. So, yeah, look for Judgment Day. Uh, what is this summer? This summer. We'll have more on that, dude. They're going to have so many tie-ins, so yeah. many interviews, so many mentions I mean, of that in news. It's you know? their big summer book, you know. I'm excited. All right, Book of Boba Fett. Uh, From the Desert Comes a Stranger. All right. Uh, big reveal. Spoiler alert! I'll give everybody you know thirty seconds to to close down if you have not watched Book of Boba Fett. Uh, it was huge. Uh, m most fans you know really knew who this guy was though. So yeah, uh, it was a solid episode. It kept the whole you know Western theme going. You know, definitely with Cad Bane there it was definitely you know the Western theme. Him doing his thing with Cobb Vance. Yeah, and I was also really amazing. glad to see Cobb come back. Like Timothy Oliphant. Oh, he's is... not dead either. I doubt back. it. I mean, back. he they were the way they left off with like it being the stinger and everything. I doubt that he was really dead, yeah. yeah. But I love his character. He was one of my favorites from uh, Mandalorian uh, season two there. And by the yeah, way, we too. this once again, we should go ahead and say this was an episode of The Mandalorian. Exactly. Am I entertained by this series? And by oh, the last absolutely. Two episodes, yeah. 100%. But I am upset at the direction that this show took. Uh, I mean, at this point, you probably should have just made this Mandalorian season three and just have Boba Fett be like a side story in all of those episodes. You know, exactly. There's this overarching problem of this being Boba Fett's show when he barely shows up, dude. He did I not mean, speak in this episode. He was yeah. only on screen for like 10 seconds. Yeah. So uh, in the last two episodes combined, he has not spoken and he has only barely appeared at all. This episode had the most fan service of probably any Star Wars thing, single episode, anything ever. I mean, yeah, just and like there was no the fan service there. for the title character. Not at all. But uh, it was that weird. being said, like, OK, so compliments sa sandwiching this, though. I really enjoyed it. Oh, um, dude, I loved it. I was I had my jaw on the fucking floor. Yeah, it was really moment. cool seeing Ahsoka again. It was really cool seeing Luke back and actually doing some training. I love seeing like Master Luke, you know? That's oh, something sure. we've never really gotten to see in live action except on these shows. Yeah, they fixed um, their face problem too. He looks great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this on screen right here, are you kidding me? Just these two characters on screen? Are you serious? Yeah. This is every Star Wars fan's dream come fucking true. Are you kidding? And it's like the awesome. whole the whole thing where they're giving like a uh, Grogu a choice there, it doesn't feel oh, too contrived. Bet. It does feel like it is a legitimate thing. Look, I'll you can go back to your 
to your father if you want, but I will go and tell you, you won't be able to train. And if you train, you're not going to be able to go back to him. Like, well, what you know, do you think he's going to choose? Um, story wise, I mean, are they the same? Like, okay, story wise, so, and what you know about the rest of the Star Wars universe? Because obviously, they're not going to. This is not going to be the last time we're going to see this little green. Yes, fucker. so okay, that leads me to think he's going to choose the Baskar, and he's going yeah. to be part of uh, the Mandalorian moving forward. Yeah, I mean, this also explains why he's not there when Kylo Ren and Luke have their little tiff. Yeah, uh, it, 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 I don't know. It explains a lot of things. It explains a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, I like. I'm sure Disney would rather have the character like be on the show as much as possible. Are I mean, you kidding? We sold five thousand individual, you know, Grogu pieces of merchandise. Yeah. Now we can sell them with a lightsaber and with Beskar armor. We can do both. Okay. I mean, that's a cynical way to look at it, but I that's probably like a calculation that I was I don't being think that's made. cynical. Star Wars has been all about the merch since 70. You know, that's absolutely true. That's just something you kind of have to accept if you're yeah. going to, you know, be a Star Wars fan. Uh, but there is a little That being uh, said, that'd be cool merch to have, so I'm not even, you know, Oh, sure. dude, I want my Grogu wearing Beskar armor. Give him a fucking helmet and a backpack too, please. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I'd like to. Uh, they'd have to like make like ear slots for him, I guess, on the Mando yeah, helmet. Right. But... Uh, all right, there is a little angle here. Uh, it's a little bit darker uh, with Chuck Wendig. He is the creator of Cobb Vance. Uh, he did not create him in a comic, even though Chuck Wendig is well known comic book writer. He wrote a novel called uh, the Aftermath Trilogy. Uh, when uh, Lucasfilm was purchased by Disney and they erased the expanded universe. They did still want to establish some of the things from the expanded universe as well as create new story, new characters, new plots that would sort of tie the old in with what was to become the new. All right. This was called Journey to Star Wars The Force Awakens. Uh, and again, it was part of the Aftermath trilogy. Uh, and readers are introduced to, yes, Cobb Vance, our dreamy cowboy, super hot. Uh, so there you go. He was not mentioned. He did not get a credit in the episode and he mentioned that and was pissed. How fucking hard is it? Everybody gets mentions in these shows, even though they're, no, they're not contractually or they're not obligated to do it. You know, they don't technically own these characters, but everybody be getting mentions on the Marvel side, on the star Wars side, Disney tends to do that. And it kind of sucks that they, that they dropped the ball here. And anytime anything like that comes up, I like to mention it because Cobb Vance would not exist without this motherfucker. And Cobb Vance is a badass. I love yeah. that guy. He's awesome. He was really cool. He's the elephant's hot as hell. I don't care. I mean, that's undeniable. Yeah. He's but um, that does suck. And I, you're right. It doesn't cost them a thing just to put him in the damn credits. Somewhere, yeah, it costs dude but... typing for, you know, five seconds. And yeah. that's not a big gripe. You know, I just like to mention it when it comes up and give the creators the spotlight that, yeah. that they deserve. But as far as like Cad Bane showing up in this episode, though, that was like the whole thing oh. where like you see him like coming in I from knew like who the it desert. Was as yeah, he was like you up. can see the silhouette, and like that's a great way to do it, right? Because like if you have no idea who that is, it's still intimidating. It's it still is. like really good buildup. And if the you best. do know who that is, you know that hat, you know, you know that this silhouette, is, and it's like, oh was, shit, you know. Exactly, dude. This was my experience with Cad Bane. My wife doesn't really know who Cad Bane is. She watches Star Wars, but she's not like she doesn't watch all of it. She can't watch that cartoon shit. She just can't do it, right? I get it. I get it. But I knew who it was, and I knew who it was as soon as they showed the first silhouette on the horizon. And I was like, oh shit. And she's like, who's that? I was like, that's gonna be Cad Bane. And she's like, who's Cad Bane? And that slow motherfucker took so long to walk into town that I was able to explain like three seasons of an animated show to my old lady by the time he got there. So uh it was a really fun experience. So that's why they made him wait walk so slow. It gave the informed time to in to give in for pass along information. So uh, one more episode left. So yeah, I mean, uh, maybe we'll really get back to some ball, Boba though. Fett. But, I mean, really okay. The ball. On the one hand, it's like it feels strange to complain about it because I loved these last two episodes. Yeah, but it's almost like, like they're trolling us. It does feel out of place for these yeah. to be part of, like, for them to take two episodes out of what is supposed to be Boba Fett's story to basically have no Boba Fett in them. Eli over in the comic book bully said, you know, they could have went back to Camino and showed him some moment from his dad, 
you know, that they had. They could have done so many things. And he's like, and the cool thing is the dude who plays Boba Fett could have played his dad. That's true. And it would, I was like, oh, dude, that would have been fucking rad. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, they didn't do that, bro. And he's, but, he's yeah. pissed. He's a huge Boba Fett fan, and he's enjoying the show, but he's like, fucking hey, Baby Yoda again? Fuck. You know? I mean, like, if you want to do... It's cool, but yeah. And it, I love these episodes. They're cool. I, I'm really looking forward to Mandalorian Season 3, but yeah. if you want to do episodes of The Mandalorian, just do that. Just Don't do make that. it part of Boba Fett. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Although, maybe they'll do maybe, maybe they'll do like Boba Fett season two. Maybe years later we'll be able to like binge like Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett and like it won't be an issue at all. Yeah, but, it'll all like run together. Yeah. It'll all feel more concise because yeah. we'll get more episodes of Mando and more episodes of Boba Fett. A season two of Boba Fett would be amazing. They could focus more on that gangster shit that everybody thought this this thing was gonna be. Um and that might be, you know, just traditional Star Wars, you know, teasing you with one thing and giving you something else. But they really dropped the ball here, even though I'm having a great time. They fucked up. Yeah. I mean, like, it's such a weird thing to say, though, it right? Is. It's like, I, it's, it is frustrating. Yeah. I can definitely see where, like, you know, why are they doing this instead of that? But at the same time, it's hard to really be mad about it because the episodes yeah. are good. It's fun. Yeah. I like it a lot. It's, I, I don't really like it. It's very, it's fucking with my head. Let's do food. Mmm, yummy. Kind of a dumb one, considering it's like Super Bowl week, you know. Next time we do a show, we'll be a pretty much, I'm pretty sure, during the fucking Super Bowl, which yeah. is just weird as hell. Uh, tune in then, please, instead of watching football. Uh, Ruffles is introducing flavor hot, flaming hot, sorry. Flaming hot cheddar and sour cream flavored. This is a good one. Uh, LeBron James is, is doing a partnership. You can uh, order those LeBron James ones on snack.com. But the actual Ruffles Flaming Hot Cheddar and Sour Cream is available. Eight and a half ounce bags for five bucks and two and a half ounce for two at all available retailers. I'm excited. Yeah, this is one of those things where like you see it and you're like, they weren't already doing this. Yeah, this, this seems like a slam dunk. Really you fruit, know? For sure, yeah. dude. I don't get it. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking for my bag. I actually eat my flaming hot anything with chopsticks. Well, that's I guess a smart way to do it. You don't have to like oh, you don't have to worry about like crazy. accidentally touching your eyes or something. Yeah, it is Daisy. It's like being lactose intolerant and getting the wrong cake. You know what I mean? It's that kind of bad. The Boba Fett. I'm sure that's what you're well, talking I'm, about. Boba Fett. That would it imply is. like you know that like. You got something that you didn't want. Oh no, I guess. I agree I with guess. all the way she's phrasing it here because, like, sure, it is right. something that I wanted, but it's not what yeah. I ordered. You yeah, know? that cake is delicious, but damn, I would have preferred chocolate. No, you're right. But still, it is very frustrating. It's hard for me to almost. It's you know what I mean because it's like, man, yeah. I don't want to like it because it's not what I wanted. You know, but I'm still enjoying because Mando's fucking badass. Yeah, he Mando's is. the best. Baby Yoda's Star awesome. The Mandalorian TV show and Ahsoka Katapata might... were in this show in this episode. Yeah, like the Mandalorian TV show is arguably the best Star Wars thing that's ever been made, or at least well, it's up there. Vader, yeah, Vader down is still my favorite Star Wars anything. Sure, sure, but okay, but, yeah. Still, though, right, to, right. like I'm not mad about getting more of that. That's great, but yeah. it's odd it's the odd. way that like you're putting these episodes into another character's tv show you know yeah it's really odd so yeah get your ruffles at stores i'm getting those i eat my own chopsticks uh again i have all kinds of look at look at that cool toy oh, that's pretty rad look at that rad ass toy anyway let's do top three because fucking adam's not here just call us adam let us know what just let us know what's happening Thanks for stopping by, Daisy. I appreciate it. We appreciate you coming by and hanging out. Yeah. We are just fraught with worry over Adam, though. That is a cool name. Yeah, we really are. Uh, I wonder if that's her real name, Daisy Chain. Your parents are... It seems perfect, so I would say no. Yeah, no one's got a perfect name. Uh, I guess I'll go first. I mean, there are so many honorable mentions I have, dude. Uh, Savage Spider-Man was fun as hell. Uh... X Lives of Wolverine was, I mean, pretty good. It wasn't terrible. Dark Knights of Steel was solid. Yeah. Uh, Monkey Prince, uh, very well written, very well drawn. Just not a book for me. It feels more like a young ages. Like Monkey Prince is, it was a, it was pretty good, but like it's one of those yeah. things where like 
they're having to lay a lot of groundwork. And so I feel like I need to give it another issue to really judge whether or not I actually it, like it. You to know, me, it felt like it was like a young reader's book. When yeah, I can see feel that. Like it for me, for me, but I like Batman being in it. Like him having PTSD because of Batman. I love that. That is an interesting perspective, right? That. Like yeah. this guy thinks Batman's a huge asshole because his he, parents. Batman, he's right. Batman yeah. is a huge asshole. But yeah, his parents, though, are like apparently super villain contractors or whatever. But yeah, who knows what they're doing? Yeah, they didn't get in really into that either, what their parents are actually into. Right? That's a weird way of phrasing it, but yeah. Uh, but my number three, One Star Squadron, number three. Uh, this is actually my number one this week. Uh, this was fucking fantastic. Mark Russell and Steve Lieber. Uh, what a terrific series. I can just go image by image. Uh, I think turning uh, heroes into employees cheapens heroism. That's taken straight out of Marxism. Uh, it's not just heroes. Everyone is cheapened uh, when they become employees. Everyone. Uh, but what do you do when it's the lie that keeps you alive? Yeah, stuff about- with Minuteman continues to be heartbreaking. And uh, I really like that scene uh, because it establishes that, like, Red Tornado is legitimately doing everything he can to help these people, you yes, know? Like, yes. he is talking to this guy like, look, I got you this gig. Look, man, you do still have fans. You don't – you need to get off of this drug, but, you know, you still have stuff to go for. But they still fucking hate him. Yeah. Because that's exactly. just the nature of like what he has to do, you know? Yeah. Like not everyone can get the damn security jobs, you know? Yeah. And so uh, like and it's also like we were just looking at us, Superman there, those that board of directors, what a bunch of pieces of shit. I, you know, know? I mean, that's to me, that didn't feel like a surprise. No, uh, no, yes, not at all. But like, shit, but I'm just like, like of I'm just more talking about how like Mark Russell really captures like yes. how slimy these guys are, and you knew they were going to be slime balls. Yes, you knew these guys were going to be just repulsive. Yes. But he does a great job, like really making you hate them. You know, but he does so in a in a great way. Here, I mean, this line right here about the miracle pills—that's all of us again, all of us in in society. We're all living a lie. Um, this scene right here. Uh, Jack O'Lantern, I guess his name is. Yeah. Uh, goes to save some fishermen. I assume he's a real DC character, but I don't know who yeah, he is. Yeah, I don't fucking know. Well, I mean, that's the nature of like most of the characters in this book, though, right? Yeah, they're but, um... Z-listers, dude. They're not, but uh, he doesn't save the drowning fishermen because he gets a better paying gig. I mean, there's just a yeah, lot of Yeah, for a Halloween party, and that's a great touch, yeah. right? Just perfect writing. Uh, and then... I mean, this one really grabbed me. I'm just glad I yeah. was able to find a place before. Look, to be honest, I'm probably not going to have this job tomorrow. I should go home and tell my wife, but I'm just not ready. Let her imagine that I'm not a failure for one more night. Okay. This idea that our worth is so closely related and tied to our ability to not contribute to society. Because we all know that Red Tornado definitely is a hero and definitely contributes to society. But it's our ability to profit for someone else again this whole yeah that ties in pretty well with like the whole thing with like the the board again right they're like their whole like justification what they're doing is because they're profitable and like i'd like superman's like who gives a shit so what happens (laughs) in this in this issue superman gets wind that this is happening and he's like no i'm shutting it down and he's shutting it down because of what jack-o'-lantern did ignored those fishermen to you know go to a party so Superman was already on the fence. Now he's going to tell the Justice League to remove their endorsement for this app. So we're all thinking Power Girl is going to step in and be the new big bad. Yeah, that was a good twist. That they very good twist. Because she's been sort of kissing ass to everybody. But Red Tornado has kind of just been that middle management sort of guy. He's not really your friend, but he's in no way your enemy. He wants to see you succeed so that he can succeed. I don't even and know about that. I mean, caught in the middle there. We've already seen though that he does legitimately care. I don't think that's a good oh, way to characterize does. it. Like he's he, out there with uh with a gangbuster, you know that he's not getting paid for that. No, he's you're d- right. he's helping him because he cares. So he does care about Miniman. Yeah, maybe, yeah, but like, their... all right, another another uh, like another big leg that Marxism stands on is the way it turns workers against each other. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of what's happening here. Everybody writes this letter uh, to the whatever, and Power Girl kind of entices them all to do this, sort of persuades them all to yeah, do this. Yeah, we saw for the last two issues, like yeah. her 
basically just like sabotaging him. Yeah. Like trying to like cut red's legs out from under him. But yeah, we get to the board and they, they fucking love that. They all hate red. Yeah. It backfires on her. They're like, Oh yes, they all hate you. Now you need to go fire half of them. And Oh man. I love the way that that played out because like, it's more tragic this way. Exactly. Because now he was going to lose his job. Yeah. If red hit. Yeah. If he had been fired for doing the right thing, that is kind of a more noble exit for him than like, no, you're keeping this job and we're making you the bad guy now. Exactly. Now he's forced to go fire all these people who, like you said, he legitimately cares about. And yeah. And he's got a fire power girl. I wouldn't want to fucking piss her off. I'm just saying she's a Kryptonian. I mean, like outside of the context of this book, yes, that's suicide. But like within the context of this book, you feel like she kind of has it coming, but yeah. Even she like seemed to show like a little bit of remorse for what she thought she was doing. She seemed to a little bit, but not she's much. Still but... Wanting to climb the ladder, I'm hoping because I mean, shit, this is only issue three of what six issues. Uh, let me check. Uh, yeah, it's... we're halfway through it now. There's so six I'm expecting a a Power Girl issue that totally like focuses on breaking the glass ceiling and the terrible shit. You've got to be even worse to overcome the ops, the the many more obstacles that are put in your way just because you're a woman. I'm really hoping Russell cuz he's already gone this far in, dude. I I don't doubt it, you know. I think You got to go even further. Yeah, I'm I looking mean, forward to We're emotion. only halfway through, you know. We haven't yeah. even reached the climax of this yet. I mean, this is two issues and I'm just emotional. Like, oh my god, dude, we've all been there, you know, where you lose your job and you just feel fucking worthless and oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. Well, maybe not everybody, but I know I have. I know I've been there, dude. So, yeah, great book, great issue. Uh, go ahead. Honorable mentions and number three. All right. Um, honorable mention for Savage Spider-Man. Uh, not much is happening in this issue, but we've got a lot of really cool artwork. It's got, a lot of, it's got that cool dynamic action that, like, nonstop Spider-Man had. Yeah, it even played off that by, like, having the nonstop cross out. It's a direct sequel, basically. Yes, this picks up exactly where that left off. Um, honorable mention for Batman number 120. Um, not bad. It's fun. It's nice being able to read like a Batman book that I feel like above neutral about, which I guess is not a really cool thing to say about it, but I'll be honest. The solicits for Batman ruined fucking Batman. We knew that Lex and and Batman were going to eventually team up. So that kind of led you to, well, if they're going to team up, then I suppose Batman Inc has to kind of be in on what Abyss is doing. You know what I mean? I suppose, but it, it wasn't all together there, but it really wasn't a surprise to me when I finished the issue. Still amazing art. And you're right. Yeah. The story is refreshing compared to um, what Tiny was doing. Unfortunately. It did have that frustrating quality where like all the members of Batman Inc. Instead of taking five fucking seconds just to tell Batman what's going on, they're like, <laughs> Batman, get out of here. You know, <laughs> it would have taken less time for you to just explain <clears throat> the fucking situation. El Gaucho. Fuck you. I, I am anxious to see Lex and Bruce team up though. I think that was going to be a good time. That could be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Honorable mention for a uh, fantastic for reckoning war. I like what they're kind of oh, setting I didn't up here. Even read that. I totally skipped that this week. I need to go back and check. That if out. you haven't been reading um, slots run on this and honestly reading his run on silver surfer from back in the day, oh, you probably no. won't get as much out of this, but oh, Hey, see silver surfer was good. Shit. His you silver go surfer back and was, was pretty good. You should go back and read that anyway, but um, it was good. My number three is going to be uh dark Knights of steel. Oh, um, okay. I think I have the cover for that. Yeah, it's got a Harley getting her Bard action on here. Beautiful. Um, did you get that cover? I did, yeah. Good for you. Good for you, man. Awesome. But yeah, I mean, I love all the Game of Thrones intrigue stuff. I love um, kind of getting the background that they've been withholding it from us from a few issues now, where we see like how the elves got set up, how they became a king and queen. Um, yeah. I really like um, the way they treated like Luther in this one. I like the whole exchange. There was like, I consulted the stars and like the elves are like, you looked at a bunch of gas balls in space. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. But yeah. Um, Uh, Yeah. This is consistently a lot of fun. Um, It's one of those. We were talking earlier about the Jurassic uh, league there about how like these kind of silly ideas can be really hit or miss. And I think this one is definitely a hit, you know? Oh, this one's for sure a hit. I don't even think it's a silly idea. If I would have heard anybody pitch, it's Game of Thrones, 
but with DC characters, that's a win. I don't know an editor alive who would be like, oh, no, we're not doing that. Well, I it mean, only it, helps that you got perfect. Tom Taylor at the wheel here, right? Yeah. Good uh, shit. Tom Taylor, Bengal did the art on this. It yeah, and that's cool. consistently really good as well. They've had different artists on, on several of these issues, um, but it's still Yeah, it remains consistently well. really good. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, it was solid, but it was a typical filler sort of issue. Yes, it did I give suppose. us some background. I'm not sure that that is background that is going to be necessarily important to anything going on. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely a little bit more filler than I wanted. But, yeah, you're right. Tom Taylor never writes anything bad. Yeah, he's got a really high floor, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's To me, uh, number two for me is uh, – got to get caught up on this book, Taylor. Uh, crossover number 11, Donnie Cates and Jeff Shaw. Okay, this book was the equivalent of that time in the movie Spaceballs where they're watching the movie Spaceballs. Remember that? Well, that's fun. Uh, Donnie Cates is writing this book, but he's also written himself <laughs> – into the book uh the main gist of this story is there are a portal opened and comic book characters started falling out of this portal and battling in the real world and this is years later and there have been cameos from all kinds of image characters there have been cameos from marvel and dc characters although not quote-unquote official you well like you see like spider-man's hand and stuff yeah, yeah the you see like the the whatever on yeah on you showed that like it was basically like they were lifting that scene from spawn yeah, yeah yeah uh but it turns out that it appears that the whole reason that the events of crossover are taking place is because donny cates wrote the book crossover in that universe Man, but it's a book in our universe too. That's some interesting meta there. It's wildly meta, dude. But it is a whole, whole lot of fun. You're, it's just, it's wild, dude. It's, yeah. I really think you should try to get caught up on this, man. I really think you would like it just for that angle. You know, I'll check it out when it's like completely collected. Yeah, just for that angle. Uh, The big reveal here was Negan, of course. So Negan's cool, but like he's just he's, a dude with a baseball bat. Well, he's very well known too. That's true. He yeah. th- you know, that's cool that they're using him and everything, but like it's not like one of those things like if fucking like Galactus showed up, he's like, oh <laughs> well, shit, no, we're screwed. But if like had like a shadowy, it was either a Galactus or a celestial, like a shadowy figure at one point in the book. Like yeah. when but like showing, if like, Negan Monster. shows up, like it's not like, oh shit, we might as well give up now, guys. What are we gonna do against oh, sure, Negan? Sure. You know, uh, but it, it it's a wild book, dude. Like I told you the one like the Chip Zdarsky one at one point, Chip Zdarsky worked on a book where he was written into the book as a character. Yeah. And the character from that book was hunting him down to save his life. And they, they have, actually like, did read that wild, one. Oh, dude, they have this wild moment. It's getting more into that. It's leaning so hard into that now. Uh, it's even getting to the point where the character of Donnie Cates in the book claims that he knows more than the Donnie Cates who's actually writing the book. It's almost like breaking the fourth wall almost, but just in the most subtle way, because there's actually a new character in this book who is the hero, Ellipsis, who is like, this book is supposed to be about her. And she's arguing with Donnie Cates in the book. and said, no, this book isn't about you. It's about me. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, it's wild, dude. You should really check it out. He's doing a lot of crazy things. I don't think it's going to get the appreciation uh, that it might deserve because it kind of feels like it's up its own ass a little bit. You know what I mean? But it's I hard mean, not to. It does seem it. like it's really up its own ass, but that's not always a bad thing. And But that's like the crux. That's like the theme of the book. You know, sometimes the journey up. up yeah. Sometimes the journey up the author's ass can still be worthwhile. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. You're number two. My number two is uh, X Lives of Wolverine. Number two, nice. Um, this what they're really starting to piece together. What the fuck is actually going on? So that's really fun to see. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's really cool seeing Wolverine. And this time, instead of just him sticking around to uh, Xavier's birth scene, we get to see him whipping all over the place. We get to see Teen Wolverine. We get to see Weapon X Wolverine. Um, we get to see um, Wolverine with his wife in Japan. It's a really cool trip through memory lane. We were talking about this with the first issue, right? Yeah. Or maybe more so with the X Deaths of Wolverine. 
it's really cool to see this character who has lived in all these different eras and lived all these different lives, you know, them really taking advantage of that with this story. I really liked uh, Wolverine's whole thing or like Jean's telling him, you know, Hey, you got to go through like, um, you know, miles and miles of frozen hellscape in order to get to where you need to go. And it's like, Oh, well, good thing. I'm a dipshit teenager who thinks he's invincible. <laughs> but Yeah. And the artwork is really great throughout. Like oh, every time, like Sara kills it. On the yeah. Line. Like, it's especially great. that fight scene between uh, him and Omega red, when Omega like takes over his wife, who was just like, and, you know, he wanted to like, like sort of spooning together. Yeah. And he wanted to like dwell in the moment, but then, Oh, fucking Omega red. And oh, yeah, I got fighting. tentacles. I got tentacles. Yeah. And it's also uh, kind of see cool seeing Wolverine, like, you know, trying to take advantage of like a chance to change his worst mistakes. Like when he was with weapon X there, I hate that part of it. I liked I it. Ha- I hate the, the idea that because Gene has already warned him once quit fucking changing the past dumbass. And it's weird that they're only jumping to that. Or they're jumping to that so soon in issue number two. Is that a smart thing for him to do? No, but this is... I mean, I understand. It makes sense for the character, right? This is a character who is in large part defined by regret, right? And this is an opportunity he has to actually do something about one of his greatest regrets. Oh, man. That's not a good idea, Logan. Do not No, it's not. But I think that it's a cool turn for the character. He not learn any lessons. No, you're right. And it is fun seeing him leap all around and everything. Um but it feels like it's becoming another Sabretooth versus Wolverine matchup in the past. And I've already seen that. I am curious to see what sort of spin Ben Percy does. I mean, I'm sure we're going to get like Omega red Sabretooth whenever that does come up. Uh, Some news about Ben Percy, because I figured we'd talk about this book. He recently, or it was recently announced. He's one of the writers for the urban cowboy adaptation. That's going to be on Peacock, I think. Remember Urban Cowboy? With Not John really, Travolta? actually. John Travolta. I don't think I've ever seen that one. No. It's it's like it's like a country music video, but it's like in a movie form. It's all a bunch of music and them hanging out and them you know breaking up and them cheating on each other and then them getting back together. That's the movie. Uh, but it was like really Not hardcore. selling it super well. There. It was like really hardcore eighties country. That's the only selling point. It was hardcore aid 1980s country, but they're gotcha, redoing gotcha. it. And Ben fucking Percy's writing on it. I'm sorry. I just think that's the funniest shit. I was going to write something smart ass on this Facebook comment. Like, dude, are you really listening to country music? I mean, what is Logan listening to country whenever he's turning off the radio? I mean, I feel like Wolverine would listen to country music. Yeah, but old country, like 60s. Yeah, 70s. like all like Merle Haggard stuff. Or yeah, something. dude. Willie, Waylon, Chris Christopherson. Johnny Cash. Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my number one book, Victor LaSalle, Victor Lavalli, Leonard Kirk, uh, Sabretooth number one. Uh, it's a fantastic debut that is setting up. I have no fucking clue, but that doesn't matter. Uh, beautifully drawn, some great design work uh, throughout. But basically, Sabretooth got thrown in a pit, which is hell, right? Which is what? Krakoa's belly, Krakoa's whatever. Uh, Taylor, did you read this? I did not read this. So I'm actually curious. How did he get out? How do you? How would you imagine? He's in Krakoa's belly. Who is going to take pity on Sabretooth and has the power to do something about did it? Did fucking Cypher let him out? Doug let him out. Doug, you fucking idiot. Doug did not technically let him out. What Doug did, instead of him being immobile and him having, you know, in a thought, all he's got is his thoughts, can't move, can't see nothing. He sort of gave him the ability to have his wildest dreams. So here he is ripping off <laughs> Cyclops' face and using it to kill the rest of the X-Men. Um, and then him and Doug sort of have this meeting, but <laughs> Doug can't die. Doug is just sort of using Kirkoa to speak through to Sabretooth through Sabretooth's like own psyche. Uh, it was very well done because of course Sabretooth murders him and then he's just the head talking. And he's like, dude, we've had this discussion like four or five times and you say this every time. Can we just get on with it? So then he tells him, all right, I'm not, I'm going to make it so that you, because what he was doing was he, he was letting Sabretooth have all these great wild fantasies and then having him forget that he had those fantasies so he could do them all again. 
So they had this meeting and Sabretooth is like, well, that's torture. I wouldn't remember it all. So then he, we see him go on like this big tour of the Marvel Universe just killing everybody. That's easy to forget is that uh, that yes. was actually where Sabretooth made his premiere was in against Iron Fist. That's right. That's why I pulled this panel specifically because I was like, yes, finally he gets some revenge there. But eventually he becomes like King Conan. Right. And he has his own sort of Conan adventure. He even has like a spell jammer space adventure. Right. Star jammers. So uh, what did I say? Spell jammers. Oh, star jammers. Spell jammers is something else completely different. Yeah. And totally cooler than the star jammers. It's Dungeons and Dragons in space. Uh, but yeah, he had his own little star jammer thing. But then he sort of, sort of gets bored with it. And then one day, these five motherfuckers show up. This is like the second to last page. Uh, and then, I mean, but this, this is the design work. Like this is him. He, the way he says it, yes, yeah, yeah, I'm in prison. Doug made it so that, uh, in his thoughts, I would be living in my own personal heaven, but really I'm living in my own personal hell. And I just thought that was so poignant, so fun. It had this great take on prison and stuck in your own brain. It, it was really fucking cool and cerebral. I had such a great time with it, but the main reason I chose them as number one is it totally surprised me. I had no idea where it was going when it started. And then, I mean, I didn't think this was possible. By the end of the book, when these fuckers show up, I have no idea where it's going. How are they even there? So, yeah, great issue. Great start to this series. I've been waiting for this a while, and it paid off. Um, leave it to Doug, man, to do what he does best. You know what I mean? He's really the one in charge. Doug is like consistently showing up. Like all these like people are playing like 4D chess and then Doug just comes in and flips over the fucking table whenever he wants to. Yeah. He's wild, dude. And he's I got, mean, the, he's got the a, best friends, dude. It's a cool angle. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's personally is, has like almost no power, but he, he has talk like really well, but like he's got more, he's got warlock on him at all times. His other BFF is the most powerful mutant around the one they fucking live on. Yeah. And he's married to, like, the ultimate bodyguard. So, yeah, he is, like, I wonder if that's something they're going to play with. Like, he's really low-key building an amazing power base around him, you know? I, I'm i hoping that that's where this ends. Where this is all Doug and Krakoa and maybe even Bay and, of course, Warlock all sort of trying to rehabilitate Sabretooth. Because Doug really knows what's going on now. He knows how sinister everything fucking is. He knows it's only a matter of time before everything breaks down, and then you're go it's going to have to be who's on my side. And having Sabretooth on your side, especially, I'm not going to say completely rehabilitated. You know, there's no, no way. I mean, Sabretooth is one of those like irredeemable characters. He's a killer. Yeah. yeah. Remember that time they tried to rehabilitate him and he was just the, the worst? Well, I mean, that, that, that was thing? like, yeah, that was like some shenanigans there. Like, that, that was, was like the, the inversion or whatever it was where like uh, was good people turned evil and evil yeah, people Hail turned Hydra, good. Yeah, Hydra, Captain America. Well, like they also did like Superior Iron Man and... Uh, oh, that was actually really good. Tom Taylor, right? Yeah, I mean, it was Tom Taylor, so it was good, that was, yeah. That was fantastic. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I really had a great time with this Sabretooth book and I'm just, I was really interested to see where this book was going to go. And I don't know where it's going to go, but I was just completely 100% entertained the whole time reading it. And by the end of the book, I'm like, I can't wait to see what happens next. I still don't know where this book is going, but I can't wait to see what happens next. It's weird. Uh, but yeah, that's my number one. Uh, and I think you already mentioned your number one this week. Yeah, my number one was uh, One Star Squadron, number three. What the hell did I already delete those? Oh, no, you there it is. fool. There it oh, is. Well. Yeah, this was a fantastic book. Only halfway through. I'm very excited to to see where. Uh, I mean, we know where it's going to go. It's not going to go anywhere. This is not continuity. This has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, you know, going on. I want to see the rest of this theme. It's like a thread, and Russell is just pulling on this thread and seeing how far he can go down the gig work and capitalism and and human rights and equal rights and his socially relevant, you know, critiques. Uh, he's perfect on this yeah this is in the same realm as his uh flintstone same realm as his uh was that exit stage left um yeah just a great book great book so uh, yeah it was, it was a solid you know bunch of shit this week a uh, bunch of more stuff coming out next week we're going to talk about that tomorrow uh but thanks everybody for hanging out we really appreciate it um keep coming back like i said we got a show tomorrow uh the bullies are going to be here tonight 
to do uh, their show. Come and check that out with uh, Leroy and Eli. Uh, if you want links to all of that stuff that we've got going on, go to outrightgeekery.com. we got links to the bully shit, our shit, all kinds of uh, social media and, and all kinds of links like that. Patreon, merch, you name it, we got it. Uh, again, come back tomorrow night. We're going to be talking about all the previews coming out. Um, and again, thanks everybody for hanging out. But most of all, thanks to this joker for hanging out with this guy. I'll do the Ted Lasso again. Hell yeah. Really well. Love that Ted Lasso shit. We are going to do it again next time. Same geek time, same geek channel. Man, there's some solid books this week. Yeah. I can't believe you didn't get favorite two. You didn't get favorite two. I can't play. I mean, there's like a lot of solid, like, you know, A minus B plus. Right?